Hey mamas, welcome back. I cannot believe it's July now and actually the end of July. So this episode with Jesse Draper, I actually filmed back in December of 2019. So it's a little dated, but the content is still up to speed and exactly what all of us mamas need. I decided to break this episode out into two parts. In the first part this week, we'll be covering everything related to the behind the scenes, how she outsources and how she manages fair roles between her and her husband. And then next week, in the second part, we'll be talking all about self-care, morning routines, and what Jessie is doing to really help make sure that she's the best and whole mama that she can be. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima Carney, and I'm a modern-day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools that you as a mom can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. On today's show, I have a super powerhouse mama, Jessie Draper. Jessie is the mother of two boys under five, founding partner of Halogen Ventures, as well as creator and host of the Emmy-nominated television series, The Valley Girls Show. She's a fourth-generation venture capitalist focused on early-stage investing in female-founded consumer technology. Among her 55 portfolio companies are The Skim, Carbon 38, Hopskip Drive, The Flex Company, Eloquy, and This Is L. In her free time, she also stars on Seth's television series, Meet the Drapers, which is currently in its second season. But I believe when this episode launches in January, she'll be in season three, which should just be beginning. So I first met Jesse in undergrad when we were both at UCLA, which feels like an eternity ago. But we didn't really officially reconnect until later in life, thanks to our kids and my husband. What I love about Jesse is she's seriously a badass in everything she's accomplished, and she makes it look so damn easy, which I'm pretty sure it's not. So I cannot wait for her to share her story, journey through motherhood, and some entrepreneurial wisdom with you all. Without further ado, I welcome Jesse Draper to the show. Hi. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was the nicest intro of all time. So it's, this is so fun. I've been dying to do this podcast. So thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited because I personally know kind of the mommy side and personal side of you, but when I was doing all my podcast research, I was only hearing about you as a Nickelodeon star being named one of the 50 most connected women in America, which I had no idea, your career, family, money, finance, and all of those things. So I'm actually hoping to kind of expose the mommy side of you for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I am a mom first. I sometimes feel like a bad mom because I feel like I'm working or just trying to balance it all as are you. And it's, it's tough. It's not easy. I think, you know, I always look back my mom, I'm the oldest of four and my mom raised four kids. And I look back thinking, God, she made it look so easy. Like, how did she do that? But I have two and I'm just like, I think I'm done. I'm at capacity. Like, I don't know if I could do more. We're going to get a puppy. Oh my Um, goodness. You guys are. Yeah. Our dog passed away uh, about six months ago. And I think now we're finally, I'm not quite ready, but I think we're finally ready. And my husband really wanted a, a 
dog. So that's sort of as I think as close we're, as we're getting to a third child. I was going to ask, tell us a little bit about your family structure. You know, how many kids, kind of just your situation. So yeah, you know, we have two little boys. They're crazy. One is four, Phoenix, and one is almost two, Strider. And they're so fun. I mean, it's such a blast. And, you know, we have two working parents. My husband and I both have incredibly demanding jobs. And that's new to me. My parents, my dad worked really hard and my mom worked even harder raising four children. And so, but I look back now and I think, God, like that's so nice. My dad will say things to me like, well, just hop on a plane if you need to do that. And I'm like, so <laughs> lucky for you, you had a female CEO of your family. I am also the female CEO of my family. And that is really difficult, you know, to find that balance and make sure that, you know, I can, yeah, it's just, it's, a, it's not a balance. There's no balance. No, you know? there's not. But it's like having all of those different multiple identities, being the CEO of your family, CEO of your company and all of that. So I wanted to ask kind of what did your past life look like before kids? And then what does your current life look like now with kids work-wise? I know you started off in kind of the entertainment industry and transitioned to venture capital. And I was curious at one, what did you do before you had Phoenix? And then when you had Phoenix, did you have your company? Were you starting off raising money? Like how did that all kind of coincide? Yeah, such good questions. And I love thinking about my life before because I think I define it as like prioritization where like before I had kids, I think I didn't truly know what prioritization was. And I was so busy doing a million things, but I didn't realize like how much more I could accomplish just by focusing on like the major priorities. And so before, just to give you a little background, I was an actress. I grew up in Silicon Valley around incredible entrepreneurs. And my dad is a venture capitalist. My grandfather is a venture capitalist. My great-grandfather was a venture capitalist. I didn't think that I could go into technology, even though it's all I knew. I'd worked with my dad. I worked at an asset management company in um, Vietnam, but I didn't think that I like that was going to be my profession. And so like any young girl, I went to Hollywood <laughs> and I was like, oh, like where dreams are made, what have you. And my aunt actually was an actress and she was the closest woman to me growing up who had a traditional job or not so traditional, I guess, actress, uh, being an actress, but she was very successful as an actress. She was on a show called 30 something in the eighties. And so I thought, oh, this is like what women do. And so I started my career in that. I was on a Nickelodeon show and very quickly, um, and I had great success actually, but I realized I grew up in a family of like, you know, Thanksgiving is like a board meeting. You know, I just <laughs> caught up with my dad on a flight and he's like, that was a great board meeting. I'm like, that was just like you <laughs> catching up. Like that's messed up, but you just have like really intense work. Yeah. Was that instilled at a young age? Like, did you work growing up? Like, what was yeah, kind of that? Always okay. working. My first job was like at a doggy daycare. My friend's mom ran a doggy daycare and I worked there. Always working, always kind of trying new things, having different types of jobs, a little bit of everything actually from, you know, catering to what, I mean, I feel like I was <laughs> all over the map in terms of those like early teenage jobs, a lot of babysitting. Uh, babysitting pays really well. I know. <laughs> I was always kind of working. And then even when I was acting, I was like, I don't know. I felt like I was always sort of hustling. I sort of hate that term, but I was, I was always like, okay, 
this is a really inefficient process to get a role in a movie. How can I make it more efficient? And I would just network and meet with as many producers, directors, wannabe directors. I'd be like, what are you working on? Oh, you're casting that? You don't really want to pay a casting director, do you? I noticed that that waitress has five lines. Like, are you really going to pay a casting director for that? Or like, maybe you could just cast me and just take a chance on me and like, you know, the waitress yeah. is just like such a tiny role anyway. And I would get more roles just by networking and meeting with whoever than I would by auditioning. Cause auditioning, you know, you go, you wait five hours, you get 15 seconds uh, to, they don't even ask your name. And so I got on this Nickelodeon show and then we would film for six months on and six months off. It was so fun. I was like one of the only adults on like a kid's Nickelodeon show. So it was like, I took babysitting to a whole new level. Like I played the babysitter. I actually babysat. I'll never forget like being put in a stretch limo with 14 children under the age of 10. <laughs> oh my gosh. By the time you get to the Kanye concert, they need to know their lines. And I was like, wait, but like, I just want to go to the Kanye concert. <laughs> like, this is, this is actually like, not okay. Like, but, but like am I getting paid for this? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> but it was so fun. And through that though, I quickly, after the first season was like, you know what? I can be more productive and technology is really what I love. It was like early days of Twitter, YouTube, and I started a talk show during that hiatus, that first hiatus, and I called it the Valley Girl Show. It was a technology talk show and it was the first one. And I started it out of my parents' garage and it was a complete disaster in the beginning. I hired my brothers, I fired my brothers. <laughs> and then, you know, we took it to, it was like early days of digital distribution. We started working with Forbes, Mashable. And uh, I realized after two seasons, I'd only interviewed men in technology and I love men in technology. I grew up around them, but I realized that I could actually change this issue that I had, which is I didn't think I could be a female CEO because I never saw any of them. So I made an initiative on the show to interview 50% women in technology. And I'm forever grateful to the women of fashion tech. I got Jen Hyman on the show, Rebecca Minkoff, Jen Hyman from Rent the Runway, the Guilt Girls. Didn't you even get like Sheryl Sandberg and yeah, like also, that made it yeah. okay for Sheryl to come on the show, Sheryl Sandberg, who it was before she'd written Lean In. She'd never really done any interviews. It was hilarious because it was like a light and fluffy, fun talk show, kind of more like nighttime TV. I have watched it by the way. Cause I remember when you were doing it and I, when you first started it at first, I thought Valley Girl, like Valley Girl LA and then realized, oh, it's like technology. Like, okay, I got both, it. Though. Cause it's, it was right after UCLA or like around- yeah, yeah, it was. And so that, but that, you know, Cheryl coming on the show changed my life a little bit. And then it was like Mark Cuban and Jessica Alba. And it became like, I remember Anish Chopra, who was the first CTO of the United States of America came on a couple of times. And he said to me, like, so it's become like a hip thing to be on your show in technology. And I was, <laughs> it was the first time I was kind of like, Oh, that's, that's good. That's, like, cool. that's very validating. And we took it to television. Um, we were on CBS in San Francisco. They wanted us to launch nationally. We were nominated for an Emmy. I had an incredible business partner who I rarely talk about and should talk about more. His name's Jonathan Polins, and he changed my life and was with me for five years through this show. Um, you can't do anything alone. So through that show, I get pitched these early stage companies and growing up in a um, family that, you know, sort of was always having these board meetings, I was very familiar with like what an early stage company looked like. And I'd, I'd get pitched these companies. I'd say, you're too early for the show. Love what you're doing. Can I write you like a pennies check? Mm -hmm. And I started writing 
you know, some like $5,000 checks, whatever I could afford at the time, which was not much. And I created a nice little track record of these early stage companies. And I used that then to sort of change this women in technology issue in two ways. So one with that media exposure I mentioned, and then two with funding. And so I used that track record to raise my first fund, raised $10 million. We're now on our second fund and we're uh, with 55 portfolio companies and they all have a female on the founding team and they're doing great. How many of those do you think are moms? I know Hop, Skip, Drive is a mom company. This is such a good question. A lot are moms, actually. Really? We just we have one mom who just told me she's having her fifth child. And she's doing <laughs> awesome. They're based in Atlanta. It's called Inked. It's like a social media influencer commerce uh, company. And she she's pregnant with her fifth child. Like I just, How, I cannot even imagine raising money while being pregnant. I mean, I'm yeah. pregnant now, but like, yeah. oh my goodness, five yeah. kids. Yeah. And I need, about, I need to get her on the show on how, get, how she does that. All. She's awesome. Oh my goodness. And, um, so quite a few, I mean, I, you know, I think becoming a mom makes you much more efficient. You understand the world in a different way. You solve different problems. You know, like I think after I became a mom, I started being like, okay, childcare is a major issue. Like I'm going to invest in that. Like I'm going to find some childcare solutions. Like this is unaffordable. And you know, it's hard to be, you know, you become a working mom and your money just goes out the door. So we're always looking for new childcare solutions. And that's a huge vertical in our fund currently. I call it it's future of work with a huge asterisk next, next to childcare. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, I think quite a few like, yeah, hop, skip drive is three moms. Mm -hmm. um, And then we have, I mean, I would actually say, I'm going to get back to you with a number, but I would say we have at least like 40% moms. Wow. Do you see any differences in general between, I guess, I mean, you've seen so many different types of companies like male run, female run, and even mom run. Yeah. Have you seen any differences across the board of male run and female run are, it's interesting. Like women raise half as much money and double the return. We see that we are realistic as women and we raise exactly what we need. And men are like, I have this crazy idea and I'm going to go raise like a bajillion dollars. And I think what people don't realize is like, you have to make that money back for people. So right now everyone's talking about Uber and Lyft and these companies that went public, WeWork and how they're not profitable. And so the difference to me that's been fascinating in our fund is women are focused on being profitable, which I didn't know was an Hmm. issue. You know, like, why is that an issue? Isn't that the goal of starting a company? You want to make money. Right. So so that's been interesting. And then mom run, I think they're fantastic. I mean, I think, you know, I don't think it makes a difference, honestly, if you're a mom or not a mom, it's, it's like your own personal, like some people don't want to be a mom. Some people want to be a mom and we all work really hard. And I think just being a mom for me personally, it's just like, I feel like I've had a whole day before 8am, you know? So I was going to ask, how did your life shift once you had Phoenix? You were living this past life and then all of a sudden, you know, you have a kid. How did your world kind of change what you said you were great at prioritization once you became a mom? What sort of things shifted in your priorities? I think just I didn't realize how much you could get done in less time, you know, Mm -hmm. where you realize, 
you're running extra errands or doing things that like all of a sudden my, you know, getting ready routine takes five minutes. You're seeing me on video. No one else is. Thank God. (laughs) Um, But like, (laughs) it's clear that it only takes five minutes now. Um, But I think I just don't really care as much anymore. You know, I get haircuts less. I don't know, like things like that. But also I fundraised straight through my first pregnancy and in the beginning, and then the beginning of my second pregnancy. And, you know, there's a lot of stories about fundraising. And I, I did feel some of that where you're like, you know, there's certain situations where you're like, am I going to hide the fact I'm pregnant? But then at a certain point, you can't hide the fact you're pregnant. And like, you shouldn't have to hide the fact you're pregnant. But I think you also just have to show everybody it's like, no, I'm going to make this company happen, whether or not I have children, whether or not I'm pregnant. And I, I mean, I had to work straight through like having those kids, like, April from Inc. who I just mentioned, who's having her fifth child, called me when I was in the hospital with my first or having my first. And she's like, I know you're busy. Um, I'm like, no, 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 I'm having a baby. Uh, and we, but I think you're just, you know, you're a mom to all these companies too. Right. Kind of accessible if you're running any kind of business, I think. That's what I was telling Mike this morning. I said, you know, the one inspirational thing is she's not just raising kids. She's like, she raised a fund, which means she has accountability. She has so much invested in these other companies. She has to make returns. Her job is to make sure all these other people are taken care of. Basically, all your companies and your investors are additional children and your family that you have to make sure are well taken care of. You have yeah. this kind of commitment to them. And so I was like, that's a lot of responsibility for, you know, for someone. But I was curious in the back end, kind of what is your home life look like? Support, childcare, like how do you get this all done? And about how many hours do you think you work in a week compared to maybe prior or do you work the same? I think I work the same or more because I'm also raising kids. Oh, that's so interesting. I don't know. I mean, first of all, that was so flattering that you're saying that like that. I, I was like, Oh my God, she gets me. Like, I, do. I like, there's a lot of responsibility is. as a mom. It's very overwhelming. Like when you have that maternal instinct, because with my companies, I'm on call. Like you look at Andreessen, like Kleiner, whatever, all these amazing other venture capital funds that we work with regularly. They're more of the, like, write the check hands off, you know, we help, like we support them. And, you know, we're their first call. We're like the 24 hour hotline for these companies often. And so I do every once in a while get overwhelmed by the amount of need there is where like, I think the other day I had to text one of my companies because it was just sort of so much going on. And I was like, I literally can't do this right now. Can I call you like in a couple of days? <laughs> like I'm at capacity. Yeah. Um, you just have to be able to evaluate when you're at capacity, but you know, at home, um, you can't do anything alone. I think that's just like my mantra. And whenever I get overwhelmed, I'm like, you can't do anything alone. Like, where can we fill in with someone else? Um, And you have to just remove ego. I think when you run a business, Mm -hmm. it's like some people I see even in some founders, like they want everything to be about them. And, you know, I think you can't do that. Like you need to help bring up people around you and also know that you need to hand things off to them when, Uh, It's too much for you and no one will be successful trying to run a company alone. Yeah, we have two nannies, one more full-time, one more part-time, and they alternate days and it's just worked since my first son was born. And 
you know, still pretty normal hours. Like every once in a while, we have to throw like extra hours at somebody because of a business trip or like a late night or what have you. But my husband and I try, and I have to say like, not everybody's like this. And I'm learning even more so now, not everyone's like this. Like we're a 50-50 partnership. My husband's incredible. Like he we just did this fair play. You must've heard of it. Have you heard of this? No. Book? Oh my God. This is going to change your life and all of your <laughs> listeners' lives. Okay. You have to buy this book immediately. So Reese Witherspoon's production company, actually it's the first like book that they, they uh, helped write or kind of became the okay. publisher for. And then they're now making a movie and what have you. But I heard the author speak at this event And I've become just like the biggest proponent of this book. So it's basically, she was frustrated by all the things that go un, you know, just, she was like, I do so much work beyond work. She's like a lawyer and she's like, I was in my car. I was, you know, dropping my kid off. I was returning something for them. I was dealing with this other thing. I was writing a brief and my husband texted me and was like, why didn't you buy the blueberries at the store? And she's like, F this. She made a list of like, of just, she basically emailed all of her mom friends and said, Hey, send me a list of all the things you do that go unnoticed by your husband. And it was like everything from buying birthday gifts for kids to buying gifts for the entire extended family for the holidays to, you know, just all those little things like making sure we have diapers and toilet paper. And Mm -hmm. she made a list of like a thousand things. She breaks it down and my husband and I just went through this list and made cards and it's nice to have this physical card and she makes it kind of like a game and there's all these rules around it, but my husband and I went through it and you divvy up the cards. And so there's like a different card for kids, breakfast, kids, lunches, and kids dinners. And my husband was like, well, you do all those. So just take all three. I'm like, so the point is three separate cards that I would have a lot more cards if I took all three of these cards. And so you kind of have to work out how to make your stacks kind of equal. But I feel very grateful because going through that, my husband really does a lot. Like he deals with all the handyman stuff, all the car stuff, all the bills, all the, you know, what have you. He's also very like meticulous just about things around the house. And yeah. um, so we did divvy it up. And then, then there were a couple cards though. Like it was the most amazing activity because he picked one card that was like, make sure toilet paper and paper towel towels were filled. And that night he's like going around with the toilet paper filling huh. the bathroom stalls. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that. Although Mike does hate when I like keep score. He's like, he's like, I got the kids to school on time. I did all this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, I also have a thousand things going on in my head that you probably never think about. It would be interesting, although we're kind of competitive. So I don't know. But it's also about ownership. So you're not able to criticize the other person. You just hand them the card. You're like, okay, this is my job. I own breakfast for the kids. Like if you know, I do something that the other person doesn't like, like they can't criticize me because this is my card Ah. and you can divvy them up. If it doesn't, you know, every once in a while, you probably have to like re-divvy them up, but I am anyway, I'm the biggest fan. So that has been interesting because I thought I did a a lot more than I did. And I realized my husband did a lot. So, um, but my (laughs) husband, Brian is pretty awesome. Brian's pretty (laughs) awesome. Uh, So he's amazing. And then one of us, we try to make sure that one of us is always home in the evenings. And then if we both have a very crazy travel schedule and we try to make sure someone's always home. So we kind of say like, I'm traveling in the month of December, 
you get February or January or whatever. And we try to like divvy them up so that we, one of us is always kind of like there for the kids. Mm -hmm. But I think we're always just kind of like juggling like everybody else. It's never perfect. And there's nights where it's like, something has to give. And it's usually me. I feel like because I run the company and he works for a large company, I have, he thinks I have more flexibility. It really just means I take conference calls while my kids scream in the background. But, um, you know, it's just, someone has to give. So I think there's, it's never fair and you can't look at it as, right. and we're super competitive too, but you get in the biggest fight when you're keeping score, you know? True. That is true. Or you just start to get resentful and you're like, oh, well, you don't understand this. And then it's just not a good dynamic. So what area of your life do you think you leave messy? Like something, some part that you like, don't make time for like any, it could be something small, like. I just don't have time to make my bed ever. So I don't care about that. Or like, what are the kinds of things that you let go of as a mom versus like before? I'm sitting in my bedroom and I'm not, <laughs> we're on video. So I could like very well show you the other side of the room, but I'm not going to because it is so messy. Like, so literally my room is messy. Like Brian's very neat. I just like, I don't know, girls try on a lot of clothes. It's never the right outfit, whatever. And so I feel like I have clothes everywhere, but, and then my bed, I, I actually try to make the bed, but yeah, I'd say just like my personal closet is very messy. And then the other things that are messy, you know, I think I'm not great at going through the kids stuff regularly. So I've been trying to be better about having like, I'm like, I pay this nanny when our kids are sleeping, she should be going through all of our clothes and they'll all kind of give it a once over. I think a lot of us as moms, like we're too accommodating because that's just like a maternal instinct. And you need to realize like, okay, if you do have help at home, you know, they, they work for you. And if you need help, like cleaning out the car or um, doing laundry, or, you know, I try to have kind of a, in, in like corporations, they're called like stand up meetings, but I try to have like a stand up meeting with my nanny literally every single morning. And I say, okay, here's what I'd like you to get done today. And it'll take two seconds, but it's just sort of like, Hey, the kitchen counter is like so messy. It's making me crazy. Can you throw away all those things? Can you go through his artwork? Can you also Phoenix is like coughing a lot. Can you make sure we do his inhaler? And can you tell his teacher about this? And it's just like to keep everyone on the same page, because Mm -hmm. if you have other people helping you raise your children, like you need to be so communicative and not feel bad about like when something they did upset you, you just need to address it immediately in the kindest possible way. I think those are kind of how that's how sort of I run my household and it's by no means perfect. And there's days where I'm like, Oh my God, like the playroom's so messy and I just don't know why the nanny hasn't cleaned it, but I Oh my will. God, I say that too. Like, but then you just have to just like bite the bullet and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, the playroom's a disaster. Like, can you clean it? Like while he's sleeping, that would just help me out so much. <laughs> I always also tell myself, I was like, my kids are alive. They're healthy. They're yeah. doing good. And she played with them. Okay. Like, yeah. 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 And they're but, never going to be you, you know, right. you just have to accept they're never going to be you. And then also I feel like I have also just childcare. I mean, we should just bring it back to childcare too. Like not everyone can afford a nanny. I am aware of that. Like, And just so everyone out there knows, like, just because I'm an investor doesn't make, mean I make a bajillion dollars. I'm trying to make more money by investing other people's money. But 
my money basically comes in and goes to childcare. Like I'm so lucky my, we can like live off of my husband's salary and then my salary means nothing. (laughs) It literally (laughs) goes to childcare. So that's how I take care of my children and that's how we've chosen (laughs) to do it. And we hope that we invest other people's money and like make a return on the back end down the road. But I'm trying to invest in childcare solutions that change the dynamics for everyone. We need better daycares. We need better childcare from, you know, ages zero to six, because it's like, what do you do with your kid before kindergarten? Daycare is so expensive, right? Horizons, which is one of the biggest preschool daycare organizations across the country is like $30,000 a year for a kid. And it's like, that's not affordable. That's like private school education. And that's crazy. I mean, we're having number three and Mike goes, so I'm glad I got a promotion, but not really because that's just to offset now the third child. Like, what are we going to do? We're adding in an additional kid, which means additional childcare. One's going to go to preschool. One's going to go to kindergarten. We're like, you know, public school, private school, all of these different things. And it's like, okay, maybe Stephanie, you got to ramp up your game in order just to pay for childcare or do you become a stay at home mom? But for me personally, my identity, like I, I mean, I have major respect for stay-at-home moms, but I know for me, I would completely go crazy. I tried it for like three months and I I almost lost it. So I think it's like <laughs> even if you are a stay-at-home mom, first of all, that's an that is an identity you are working oh, yeah. <laughs> so hard, so much harder than I'm working, I promise. And I respect that profession so much, but I do find that like you should still find something for yourself. Like what is your identity? You know, are you, you know, running this incredible podcast show? Are you like, find something for you? Are you just like writing an article a month for a mom blog? Like, I think everyone needs that identity. And that's, I struggled with that. I think everyone has a kid and then is like, I get it. Like, are we, am I going to become a mom? Because you feel the guilt. And now I just do this. I like to myself, I don't even know how to explain this because I've never actually said it out loud, but (laughs) I physically like when I'm leaving and feel that mom guilt and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going out the door in the morning or I'm going on a business trip. And you know, my kids are fine. Like they're like, bye mom, whatever. We're used to you leaving all the time. But I sort of shut my eyes and like shut the door and just like try to just kind of like brush off the mom guilt, but like take that time for yourself. I think it's so important and figure out what that thing is and get rid of the mom guilt for an hour for, you know, a day, whatever it is you need, because I think that's, that's an important thing too. Your kids will be okay. Kids are so like, I don't know, they bounce back, they figure it out. They, they're, I was worried I was going on all these business trips and I um, told one of my kids teachers and I said, you know, is he doing okay? I feel like I've been gone a lot just the last couple of weeks. And they're like, yeah, like if you go out the door a lot, it becomes their normal. Like he hasn't said a thing. He just sort of says, okay, bye mommy, you know? But then it makes that time together, like the quality time so much more special for them, I think too. And they get to see an awesome role model and be like, look at what my mommy did. Like she defied all odds and like everything and broke the mold in Silicon Valley and all of that. So that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. 
Each week I will be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.